are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. In case you're just joining us online or in the sanctuary, um, Megan Barry, our new associate pastor, was scheduled to offer the sermon today, but due to a sudden death in the family, she's unable to be with us today. So um, I put some notes together and going to carry on with this theme of caregiving. Um, We're in week three of a four-week series thinking about building blocks, building blocks of Christian faith, building blocks for a church, thinking about the different things that come together to help us be faithful as Christians and help us work together as a church. In the constitution of the Presbyterian Church called the Book of Order, there's a section called the Ministry of Members, and that section has 12 points that we're describing as building blocks for what it means to be a member, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be part of a church community. There's seven of them here and five of them here. We focused on several of these in the past couple of weeks. Today, we are focusing on the third bullet point, lifting one another up in prayer, mutual concern, and active support. And kind of going in line with that is the one at the bottom of the page there, which says responding to God's activity in the world. Looks like this isn't working. Can you advance to, yeah, we go. Um, service to others, responding in God's activity in the world through service to others. Um, these, these are sort of our descriptions for what it means to be a Christian. You know, this is kind of the job description, the position description for who we are as people of this church, as people who claim to follow Jesus and claim that name Christian. So I think it's helpful to go back to the position description and take a look at it and think, you know, this is, this is what we're called to do. Um, and as Christians, as followers of Jesus, he's our primary example. So we look to Jesus um, in Matthew's gospel that you heard just a few minutes ago, you heard about Jesus doing all of these caregiving things, not only proclaiming the kingdom, but also caring for the people who were harassed and hurting and helping them with their illness and their sickness and their weariness. And then he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few which I think is Jesus' way of saying there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of ministry to be done. There's a lot of hurting people out there. And not a lot of people have heard the call to be caregivers, to be helpers, to to help do with that task. So he's telling at first those 12 disciples and then more disciples and then more disciples. And I think us as well, that we're called into this ministry to continue what Jesus began in terms of caring for people, reaching out to people in a variety of ways. We're called by scripture, we're called by common decency, we're called by our common humanity to do these things, to be kind, to help each other out, especially when we're having a hard time, right, on this journey called life. So that's, that's where it all fits into to, to play here, this, mutu- this sense of mutual concern and active support and praying for one another and supporting one another. So it's important to do. Um, And in particular for today, given the circumstances of today with Megan not here because of this death in her family, I thought it might be good to focus for just a few minutes on how we can care give for one another 
when a friend is dealing with death of a loved one, right? So I thought that might be appropriate to, to play with. And in my experience as a pastor, I often hear from people saying, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So-and-so's, you know, let's just pretend so-and-so's grandmother died. What do I say? What do I do? Um, it's not an uncommon feeling to not know what to do, but in the spirit of mutual encouragement and with not the usual amount of preparation that I put into a sermon, I did put together, and again, this clicker seems to not be working. There we go. Caregiving 101. Um, I put together a little list this morning of um, five things to think about in terms of our caregiving. Um, the first item on the list is to say something, but not too much. Okay? There's some, some temptations and some dangers with our caregiving. Um, let's just pretend our friend is over here and their grandmother died. And by the way, it wasn't Megan's grandmother who died. I'm just using this as an example. Um, friends over here, some of us will be like, I don't want to talk to the person because they're sad and I don't know what to say. So we avoid them. Meanwhile, friends over here are thinking, why isn't anybody saying anything? Doesn't anybody care? The flip side is that Sometimes we well-meaning Christians say a little too much and we try a little too hard to explain things or help people understand things. You know, the, the, the best thing to do is just say, I'm sorry, right? We can all say that, right? I'm sorry. You can also say, I'll pray for you. Sometimes we get tongue-tied and we start saying things like, um, you know, everything happens for a reason, um, or we'll say, it must be God's will. Well, I can't say for certain what God's will is, but I'm pretty darn sure when there's a tragic death for somebody that that's not God's will. Yes, we can find a purpose and a reason and find some sense of meaningfulness after a tragedy, but I don't think God's up there with little puppet strings making tragedies happen so we can find more meaning and purpose and compassion in our lives. I don't think it works like that at all. So when somebody's grieving, please say something. And maybe that's a text, maybe that's an email, maybe that's a phone call, maybe that's a short face-to-face -face visit. I'm sorry for your loss. I care for you. I'm praying for you. That's good. Maybe, depending on the relationship, maybe you could ask them a little bit, you know, can you tell me about your grandmother? They might say, no, I don't want to talk about that right now, and just move along. Or they might want to sit for an hour and have all those good memories about grandma. You need to read the room and, you know, depending on, on who your friend is. So second thing on the list, um, don't talk about yourself, <laughs> right? Um, your friend's grandma has just died. A lot of us have grandmothers who died. We might start thinking, oh, I remember when my grandmother died. Your friend doesn't want to hear that right now. They really don't. They want a chance to share, experience their grief and deal with their grief. Maybe there's a time you can talk about, you know, that sort of experience, but there's this temptation. And I, I, sadly, I see it a lot when people, we don't know what to say, we want to say something, so we start thinking about ourselves. And I'll, you know, last night when I was talking with Megan on the phone, she got this sudden phone call, death in the family, tragic. She's, you know, as anybody who's gotten one of those phone calls knows, it it's, shakes you to your core, and it's horrible. As we're talking, I started thinking about the phone call I got when my father died, when my brother died, when my mother died. And thanks to some self-restraint and a lot of good people who have coached me along the way, I didn't share with Megan those experiences. You know, it was, it, it's time for her to go through that process. So sometimes 
we need to just zip it and, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss and move along. After the first service, someone told me that they appreciated how blunt I was in the sermon. And maybe that's, I haven't had enough time to put a lot of filters up for this. So, <laughs> so that's, that's what you get. So I, I, number three, um, offer to help um, tangibly but gently. And a lot of this is going to depend on your common sense and the nature of your relationship with this friend whose grand, grandmother died. Again, hypothetical example here. Um, a lot of us have said and a lot of us have heard, if there's anything I can do, let me know, which is beautiful and wonderful. But if I say that to my friend, it kind of puts the burden on friend to circle back and say, well, Charlie, could you do this? Could you do this? Could you do this? And most of us don't like asking for stuff, especially when we're grieving. So again, depending on your friend, depending on your relationship, you could offer little suggestions. If your friend likes pizza and you know where they're, they're, they love their pizza, you say, hey, how about I pick up a pepperoni pizza from Papa Pizza's place down the street and I'll bring it over to you along with some soda. Would that be okay? How about Tuesday night? A little suggestion like that that takes the burden off them for asking for something. They might say no and, you know, that's okay but just taking that initiative. I remember when our first child was born, um, someone came to us and offered, um, we were in Pittsburgh at the time, and they offered to us, a, a lot of people said, that's great, can we bring you a meal? People gave us um, a lot of baby clothes, our boys were really big, so they didn't fit in the zero to three month onesies that we were given, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but one woman, mailed us a little card and said, this certificate is good for three hours of house cleaning. I'll clean your toilets, I'll sweep the floor, I'll take out the trash, whenever is convenient for you. I was busy, I was brand new at this church, trying to make, at the church in Pittsburgh, and my wife's at home, and you know, and we cashed that in. That was beautiful, that was great. So tangible, gentle, not forcing yourself. Sometimes good-hearted good people, we force ourselves on people. Well, I'm gonna come over, I'm gonna bring you pizza, and I'll clean your toilets for you. And you're like, whoa, back off. Right? You need to have a little common sense about this, but offering some gentle, loving suggestions that might be well-received. It's one of the ways we can live out these building blocks of life. Number four, um, pray and remember. That's right there on the list, right? It talks about praying for one another. So we can pray for one another. And again, this is an area where sometimes we Presbyterians get a little tongue-tied or intimidated or feel we have to be profound and theological and polysyllabic and use all this um, poetic, deep words. You really don't. You really don't. You can just say, dear God, I pray for my friend and their family. You know, this week we could and probably should Pray for Megan. Dear God, we pray for Megan and her family. In fact, let's do that right now. Will you repeat after me? Dear God, we pray for Megan and her family. Amen. Praying is important, and it's good to do that. Um, prayer can be as simple as picking up the church prayer list at the back of the sanctuary and just reading the names. Again, you don't need to quote scripture to God when you're, when you're praying. You don't need to use fancy language. You can just read through those names. And maybe as you prayerfully do that, a name might bubble up for you. And you think, you know, maybe I should call so-and-so and just check in on them. And in that way, you kind of become an answer to your own prayer. So just taking some intentionality about remembering people before God. 
The other aspect of remembering is to remember that grief takes time. It takes a lot of time. I know people in the sanctuary who are grieving years after losing a loved one. Um, it's hard. And especially the first year is hard. Birthdays and anniversaries and holidays. You know, Christmas is going to be really hard for Megan and her family this year. So as we can, and again, depending on the nature of your relationship with the person who we're thinking about, maybe you write down the day that the loved one died, and a year from now, you send them a little note, say, hey, thinking about you, right? The person's going to remember the year that their loved one died, right? We probably all have dates in our heads that we know when our loved ones died. We remember that, and it's nice when other people remember. I have a friend from high school, and every year he texts me on or around September 27th, which was the day in 2007 when my brother died. It's just incredibly touching. He's got it on his calendar. You know, he's super organized like that. But he takes the time out of his day to say, hey, thinking about you today. I'm like, that's awesome. Again, it depends on the nature of your relationship with somebody, but remembering those things and remembering that Christmas, you know, Christmas is great and Christmas is fun and holidays are great, but not everybody's all full of joy and, and laughter at that time. So we, we think about those things. And then finally, the last part, and this is kind of ties in with the sermon title for today about putting on your mask first. We need to take care of ourselves as caregivers. The scripture reading from Genesis that, you know, was paraphrased wonderfully by Dr. Nick and Guy, God created the world, God did all this work, and then God rested. Well, if God needs to rest, we probably do too, right? Sabbath, we need to be healthy and strong and ready to do what we need to do. The um, Bible tells us repeatedly about how Jesus took time apart by himself. He went out and he prayed. He took time to reconnect with God um, as well in this time. I think that, that verse is on the screen as well from Luke chapter 6. Jesus went out and prayed um, and spent time um, in the mountains continuing in prayer to God to reconnect with God's love, to reconnect with the source. So maybe we need to pray on a regular basis. God, thank you for your love. Keep me strong in that love. God, thank you for your compassion that you show in Jesus. Help me to be compassionate. Renew me, refresh me, all those kinds of things. Um, I think it's really important. In her sermon notes that Megan shared with me late last night, she had the phrase, you can't pour water from an empty cup, right? We need to make sure our cups are full in one way or another so that we can be ready to help people on the journey. Megan was going to close this sermon with a wonderful um, prayer blessing, and I'd like to, to, to utilize that for us today to, to wrap up the, the sermon time. Um, it, this is a blessing from a um, professor at Duke Divinity School by the name of Kate Bowler, Kate has written several books. Kate has also had a long, long journey with cancer. And Kate's had all sorts of experiences with people trying to support her on the journey, and she's learned a lot. And one of her um, best-selling books is called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I Have Loved, right? So she's learned a little bit about the journey, um, the journey of faith, and she offers this blessing for caregivers. I think there's a slide for that as well. Um, the blessing goes like this. Blessed are we 
for whom the call to loving action is still strong, whose every urge is to keep going, keep working, and not to count the cost. And yet, blessed are we, beginning to notice that we are slowing down inexplicably or just pausing, staring for no reason, or starting something, but then quickly turning around to another demand. Blessed are we, realizing that we are beginning to lose the thread. Blessed are we who say, I really can't keep going like this, at this pace, under this weight. And also, the momentum is so strong, I can't stop. God, come and be the hands that sit me down and keep me there long enough for me to really feel what I feel and know what I know. Come and be the wisdom to find the support system that is broad enough, kind enough, effective enough to meet the needs that are here, both mine and theirs. Come and be the peace that frees me to let my hands lie gently open a while, the grace to just receive, seek the rest you need, and a little bit more. It is a sacred space. Amen.